0: Everybody, welcome to the Spliff Podcast. This is episode seven, and we are going to be talking about topicals. You were just listening to a sample of Kevin McCloud's Slow Burn, which you can find on Free Music Archive under Kevin McCloud Slow Burn. Uh, it's a super funky jam that I am especially appreciating on this early morning. The birds are chirping, the traffic is humming, the neighbors' toddlers are tantruming. It's a beautiful day today. Maybe it's just the blue dream that I've been taking bong loads of all morning since my neighbor woke me up at 6.30. I can live with that. No, all right, you guys. Uh, we got kind of a long episode today. I'm thinking it's going to turn out to be. So let's get straight into all the stoner moments where I go over what I dote on when I was editing my podcast. And uh, I was like, ah, oh, should have said that. First thing that I probably should have said is that tinctures are crazy easy to make if you want to make them at home. Whether you want to decarboxylate it or whether you prefer the acidic form, uh, you don't have all the steps that you need to do with the coconut oil capsules or making a butter. It's a lot easier because the alcohol absorbs the cannabinoids much more quickly if you have a very high potency alcohol. Now, being in California, I don't have access to a whole lot of high potency alcohols. In truth be told, I don't care for a lot of them. They they have kind of a funny taste in the tinctures when I've bought tinctures through dispensaries. When I make my own, I prefer to use Stro80. It's still a really high proof. It's 160 proof, which means it's 80% alcohol. I keep it in the freezer and use a lot of bad kitty smiles tricks for making tinctures. I suggest reading her, her suggestions, whether you're looking for the acidic form or the decarboxylated form, and whether you want to make an oil, alcohol, or glycerin tincture. She's done it all. She makes the candies and the food. She's She's got all the tips and tricks. And, that, and she's definitely my go-to whenever I want to learn how to make something new in the edible range. Uh, another thing that I wanted to say is that you can make glycerin tinctures. That's another popular recipe of hers, whether for vaping or for uh, edibles and tinctures, things like that. And, uh, and they're pretty common, glycerin tinctures, in dispensaries as well, especially for animals, which is a little controversial. As mammals, they do respond to cannabinoids. They have an endocannabinoid system. However, like humans... Animals show a wide range of response to cannabinoids, uh, which is probably terpene-dependent. And animals tend to be even more responsive than, than humans are when it comes to essential oils. So really remember that if you are using cannabinoids with your animal, start slowly. Some animals are way more interested in getting high than other animals. My cats do not want to get high at all. But if I'm smoking a CBD, one of my cats actually likes to come around a lot more often. It's really interesting. Totally not interested in getting high. Kind of interested in some CBD. He's so cute. All right, moving into the next moment. Uh, One of the things that I forgot about uh, to really talk about were the... The strips, they kind of look like the breath strips that were really popular in the late 90s or something like that, early 2000s. I don't even remember. The time goes by so fast. Um, But you can actually make those with cannabinoids, and they have some pretty high-potency strips. Like one strip can contain 40 milligrams of THC, which is more than my dose. So I tend not to go after the strips myself, so I don't have a lot of experience but they are an option for you. If you would like me to recommend you something for this kind of experience, as far as sublinguals go for the lozenges and suckers, I would absolutely recommend Jolly Meds. They are a San Francisco company and they make candies that are tested, they're labeled, they're easily dosed out. They come in foil packaging so you can reuse them. I met the owner and he's really nice. And, and he's really dedicated to putting out good medicine. Uh, I also like the taste. I don't like anything that's too weedy, um, and, and his candies aren't. I find them to be, to be really good, not too sweet, just sweet enough. I really like the way that cannabis mixes with sugar. It, it tends to tame a lot of things down. I had some cannabis-infused strawberry ice cream, and I don't normally like strawberry ice cream, But when you mix it with weed, that's when culinary play really comes in and makes amazing food. Oh, man, I will eat cannabis infused strawberry ice cream all day, not just because it gets me high, but because it actually tastes way better than regular strawberry ice cream. All right, I'm already losing myself. Let's move back into stoner moments. Another way that I find that I can get a sublingual effect is by using my homemade toothpaste. I don't normally make homemade toothpaste, but when I was experimenting a lot more with coconut oil, I happened to come across some dental issues and put the two and two together that I can make my own cannabis toothpaste. And because I use cannabis so regularly, I don't get a prolonged sublingual effect. I don't get much of a notice, but I can definitely tell you that there is a pop of medication when I use my toothpaste uh, that is infused with cannabis and it definitely gives me a sublingual effect and it also does do good things for your gums and your teeth and if you are fond of using clove oil and things like that cannabis can boost those effects of the the essential oils just like they do their own particular terpenes all right moment to moment Uh, We talked about suppositories, and I talked about some experiences with indica versus sativa, but I've also tried CBD. I haven't tried a pure CBD or, you know, less than 1% THC plus CBD, but I have had a mix of CBD and THC, and I went kind of back and forth between a wave of restful peacefulness and um stoned and restful peacefulness and some clarity but a little sleepy and i'm kind of stoned so i should sit back down so uh, i think i'm gonna have to play with that a little bit more and and kind of figure out what is going on there because it could be terpenes it could be the thc and i think removing the thc as best as i can is going to have to be my first step for that so i'll keep you posted all right. And my last donor moment is there was a moment where I said carboxylated, but that's not the word. It's decarboxylated. So if I say carboxylated, it's just kind of my valley girlism where I'm like, I can't say whole words. I have to just slur them out and make everything. So I mean, decarboxylated. All right, you guys. Moving ahead. You know, some people have suggested that because I know I have a lot of busy moms who are listening to this, and they can't listen to the whole podcast in one go. So they've asked me to kind of segment it up. And I'm not sure how to do that yet. If you have any feedback, go ahead and hit me up with it. I would love to hear it if you have feedback at all. You know, you could always uh, leave it in iTunes as well. You can help other people Find the podcast through iTunes. I know that if you rate and review, they tend to put you in the searches uh, a little bit higher. That would be really cool. I don't need it. I'm super chill just talking to you, but uh, it's a way to help if you're interested. All right, moving into topicals. So before I begin this, I want to kind of put out a little disclaimer. The science on topicals leaves a lot of unanswered questions, even more than than usual. They really haven't done a whole lot with it. And what they have done are studies on rodents for the most part. Uh, When they when they talk about topical application and transdermal application, it's almost always on a guinea pig or a rat or a rabbit. The only study I came across that actually had human subjects was an intravenous study, which blew my fucking mind because, remember, bioavailability is the uptake of the drug, the unchanged drug, before it goes into the liver so that it's on its way to the liver and how the liver processes it. Uh, and and so it's the uptake into the bloodstream. Intravenously is 100% bioavailability, and I don't remember how much cannabis they used, but they had so many people drop out because of the paranoia that they were experiencing and because they didn't like the side effects of the THC and they listed all of these things that were just like, we got too high. So basically, pretty much everybody in this study was a moderate user and they all got too high. One of them even needed a shot of lorazepam before they were able to leave. But yeah, so basically, most of the studies are being done in Israel and they're being done on rodents with the exception of this one study where they got... They injected people with 100% THC. They mainlined THC. Got too stoned. Only study they've done on humans that I found that had to deal with the skin. And that leaves a lot of problems because rodents and humans don't have the same skin. Rodents have much thinner skin. And though we know that we all have endocannabinoid systems because we're both mammals, we don't know enough about the CB receptors in order to know how they're responding in the same way that we would. Scientists have only begun to study the endocannabinoid system. It was first released in a study in 1990. So since the early 90s, scientists have been able to look into this, but they don't know enough. And when it comes to educating you know, you have to get that information out there. They don't really understand it. They're still learning. So the doctors aren't trying to learn it. They're under educating the medical field. And, you know, a lot of times they're they're just using only synthetic cannabinoids. They extract the cannabinoids and they're trying to see how it works specifically within the cannabinoid, the endocannabinoid system but we don't use cannabis that way. And they're, so they're not accounting for the synergistic effects of the terpenes and potentially the flavonoids and cannabinoid receptors that they don't know anything about. Uh, and in short, sure, they're not going to find those receptors by looking at the bigger picture. They're going to find those receptors by narrowing it in. But if all the studies are in this really narrow view, we're missing the bigger picture. Uh, That's just kind of my point. And the studies are often littered with a missing component mention in the summaries, you know, basically a footnote, like there are some things, but in non-clinical, it doesn't really match up. And so we think that there may be something going on that we don't fully understand. And so that is my disclaimer going in to topicals, especially since I'm going to begin opening up talking about drug testing. When it comes to drug testing and topical application, it's the only way you can use the drug safely with THC activated and come out clean on a drug test. Now, that is not 100%. There will be people who may have compromised skin conditions. There may be people who have mishandled their topical application and therefore it could somehow get into their system and show up on a drug test because they aren't looking for the actual THC cannabinoids or looking for the metabolites, which would have to run through your system. They shouldn't just wipe off in your lotion or something like that. Oh, a train. It's my own little neighborhood of make-believe here. Have I mentioned we have a train that goes by Uh, Mr. Rogers talks to me in my head as I take my bong load and I slip off into the neighborhood of make-believe. But not right now because we're talking about drug testing. Okay. When it comes down to it, there was a study that was done of scientists who pulled the numbers for people working in hemp production and hemp oil specifically to determine that if they had... Uh, access to this hemp oil and it got into their skin and they had consistent constant access to potential thc absorption would they fail a drug test and while this is on levels of hemp which again is super low in thc this was done a while ago when levels were a little bit higher i believe and they've dropped the number on the allowable THC content for that oil. But still, basically, the scientists said that you can be surrounded in hemp oil on a 100% basis. And because of the way that your skin works and is water-resistant... Uh, it just is going to take a while for it to really soak in, and the amount that gets into your system is kind of negligible on a level for most drug tests. Now again, that wasn't an actual human test study being done. That was just scientists crunching the numbers. When it comes to actual companies doing drug tests, On topical application, there's only been one that I've seen. That company was Doc Greens. Now, they make a range of lotions, oils, balms, salves, things like that. And you know that I am wary of anybody who does their own testing. However, they did do an extensive amount of testing on humans, and they did not find any proof that even heavy use of topical application will lead to a failed drug test. Take that for what you will. There are other companies out there who are claiming that there is bioavailability achievable through topical or transdermal specifically application. They do not have any drug testing to back that up outside of pointing to the ones that were done on rodents, which is not conclusive enough for me. They don't have anything showing that people are failing these drug tests or passing these drug tests. So their claims at this point to me are really not sufficient enough. So I am of the opinion and the experience that topical application is not going into your bloodstream and that even transdermal application is probably on a very negligent level Though, they are filled with terpenes. Uh, They are terpene-enriched. The transdermal patches, specifically Mary's Medicinals, are terpene-enriched patches. And since your skin is the largest organ in your body, it runs the length of your body and is extremely susceptible to essential oils, more than likely people are experiencing a full-body sensory reaction to the combined formula in these transdermal patches that may be amplified in some way in the skin through a cannabinoid receptor that we have yet to discover or a cannabinoid uh, communication system that we have yet to discover or it could just be that the terpenes are super potent or there is a slight chance that it is reaching the fatty layers under the skin which is then metabolized somehow and sent to the bloodstream or finds its way to the bloodstream but that could take so long and again they haven't really proven it so i'm a skeptic that is not to say that if you find relief from transdermal application you should stop using it that is not what i am saying at all Uh, I have people who have gone back and forth on the transdermal thing. Some of them like it. Some of them swear by it. Some of them are like, it worked for a minute and then it stopped working. And others are like, it kind of worked, but the patch itself was so irritating that I couldn't use it. And again, that may be because of their terpene enrichment might be irritating the skin. It could be the adhesive, though they do say that they have a special adhesive. So there's a wide range of reactions, but I've read reactions from people who say that they were getting a stoned effect off of a THCA patch or a CBD patch. And while CBD can promote some peacefulness, absolutely, and in the rodents it was shown to absorb much more quickly than THC, it still isn't supposed to get you high, so if you are getting a stoned effect off of THCA and CBD, mmm, I'm gonna question it a little bit. So that's kinda my shit talking about the approach and perspective that is being pushed out there without a whole lot of research by the transdermal patch. And you know what? A lot of that crosses over to the CBD products that are on Amazon as well. Again, if you haven't listened to the hemp versus cannabis or hemp versus marijuana, whatever I titled it episode, I suggest you do because a lot of those CBD products use industrial hemp waste for their cannabinoid source. And you don't know where that has been. They don't test it. They're not going to test it. They don't care if they are testing it. They're testing it purely for cannabinoid content, and they're using their own laboratories, and they aren't testing for solvents and things like that, which they know are present. All right, but now I'm going to step down and talk about a couple of the other ways. I know that we talked about lotions before, and lotions, nobody's claiming, I believe, who's making lotions that these are actually getting you high, uh, though people may have their own separate experiences in my research and study which hey is obviously University of Google though I have talked to actual scientists about this too uh, my experience is that lotions do not get you high at all but again your skin being an organ your entire body can react to topical application especially if you're taking a bath and you've got a cannabis oil in there I love doing that my my skin feels reinvigorated. I feel energized and tingly and like I've gotten a massage and a full body exfoliation at the same time. It, it feels amazing and I feel relaxed too in the same breath. It's a really groovy experience. Um, but you can just use lotions for anything. I use lotions for sunburns, for muscle aches, for uh Neurological pain for idiopathic burns and itches. I've used it for bug bites, though so a lot of times rock salt works better. I'm just going to be honest there. The uh, it isn't a great antihistamine. It doesn't work that way, uh, but it it does work really well to block a lot of the pain signals that you might feel in your body. And that is one of the ways that when we talk about weed being a pain reliever, it really delivers on that promise. I have talked about using a shatter wax, a cannabis concentrate, purely by itself before as a pain reliever, which suggests a lot for the benefits of THCA. And again, in my mind, kind of lends towards there being a system of cannabinoid communicators that kind of spread the signal throughout depending on the concentration of the cannabinoids to that area and potentially the terpenes that are uh, mixed with them Uh, but you aren't just limited to oils and and lotions and things like that you can actually use alcohol tinctures too you can create poultices if you don't have uh, a lotion if you don't have time to to uh, make a coconut oil and do all the fancy things to make it into a lotion if you choose to do so, and you still really need the pain-relieving property of cannabis now. You can actually just take the buds and soak them with a high-proof alcohol. Again, I like Stro80, but when you're using it topically, you actually don't need a drinking alcohol because you're not going to be drinking it. You're going to be totally fine using an isopropyl alcohol. So if you can find a 91% or a 99% or a 70%, I'm sure it would still be good too. You can mix that with your cannabis and use like a cheesecloth wrap and put that on uh, whatever area is sore for you. The alcohol actually flares the skin cells, but doesn't actually seep into your bloodstream, if you've noticed that. It flares the skin cells, and that allows the cannabinoids to sink down in further, because it's also bonded to the cannabinoid cells. So it's pulling them deep into your skin, and that triggers a, a reaction within your skin, that that homeostasis. uh that that need to heal and to to be right and a lot of people find a lot of good pain relief from using a poultice. It's one of the oldest medicinal applications that people have been using in Mexico and other uh, indigenous places for cannabis such as India and honestly when I use my Cannabis for tinctures or for the coconut oil, and I then strain it out. I save all of that cannabis and I use it as needed because it's already soaked in alcohol, and I can just wrap it in some cheesecloth and put it on the area. So that's another way to reuse that. If you have ABV material, already been vaped material, and you're not one for edibles, that's still a way to get some use out of it, is to make it into a topical, whether you want to do that in a coconut oil or some other type of oil. Olive oil is great for skin, things like that. Or you want to mix it with an alcohol and make it a lot faster. they, They both work really, really well. One way that the alcohol won't work is as a lube. For that, you only want to use an oil. And again, that can be a vaginal lube, Or it can be rectal use lube, though you are going to get high from that. And if you are using a lube that has coconut oil or olive oil, don't be using it with a partner with whom you need to use a condom. Because the condom won't work. So, and I just want to say again, if you're going to use it rectally, it will have a suppository-like effect. And you can get the retail lubes out there. Foria is a retail lube. And I'm pretty sure that it's like got like a five milligram dosage, three to five milligram dosage, which is pretty moderate. It's not mild. It's moderate when you're using it rectally. So just be careful about that. And looking at my outline, I kind of forgot to mention, I wanted to talk more about the wax, Uh, Using a cannabis concentrate, specifically a shatter, which has mostly THCA, not an activated form of THC, which would be more of an oily consistency, but THCA. Uh, One of the the, the things that I've been using it for pain on my back and on my neck. And because of some of the issues I have with my bad posture... (sighs) some spinal issues where there's like a lump and I forget what they call it. It's not like the real bad medical diagnosis. It's the one that people are just getting because they can't stop staring at their cell phones. That's basically what my problem has been. But I've been doing a lot of things to correct it, a lot of stretches and the yoga. Um, But one of the things that I've had issue with, even though I can correct my posture, is that fatty protective tissue that grew around it is still really ugly lump on my back. Well, while I've been using the wax in that area, the fatty tissue surrounding it has actually decreased significantly way faster than anything else. It may just be coincidence. I'm not discounting that, but I'm also not going to stop using it. So the levels of healing that this can really take your body to are unforetold, unforeseen potentially. I know scientists are really excited about it and they're doing a lot of stuff, but we have so many options. Find yours, play with cannabis. Don't be afraid to play if you have access and money, let's be honest. All right, you guys, I am Totally ready to smoke another bowl right now. So I am going to pack myself some more of that blue dream. I also have a little sweet and sour widow with some CBD in it to pack in there too so that I don't get too high as we move into the safety. Mmm, that was delicious. I know a lot of my friends are out there smoking weed with me. I hope there's a lot of would-be friends listening out there who are smoking some weed too. And if you can't, uh, I'll smoke this weed for you. (laughs) I, I usually edit it out, but I guess there are some people that really like to hear, or I should say that at least like to know that I'm smoking weed. So this one's for you. One bong load just for you. It's good stuff. Mm. I didn't have to hold it in, but I did. (coughs) And now I'm going to cough for it. Hey, you don't get off until you cough. (laughs) That's terrible advice. Don't follow that advice. But I say it every time I cough because why the fuck not, right? All right. Anyway, you guys, let's move into some product stuff. So since this is our topical show, I wanted to share with you my favorite product for topicals, which is Canelgesic. It is two different things. The producer makes a lotion and a topical cannabis tincture. So an alcohol tincture that is not safe for ingestion. uh, But which is a great prep for the lotion. Now, this guy's formula is really, really good. I really, really like it. Most of the weed balms and salves I've seen have been really sticky or really stiff. They're made with beeswax a lot of times, and they smell really weedy. Not all of them. There are some great options out there, but specifically, canalgesic is my favorite because it's so high quality for a cannabis lotion. I use it on my face, so if you suffer from rosacea or a uh, eczema or have severe acne scars uh, or any just just chapped skin, it's wintertime right now and my skin hates me because I can't stop drinking coffee and that just makes me forget about drinking water. But uh, when I do experience chapped skin, I always go straight for the cannabis lotion and apply that first before I put on any heavier lotion. Because it really, really helps the turnaround time of skin's healing just at quintuple. It's like it's got to be at least five times as fast. And I, I don't find any other relief like it. The lotion itself has actually been amazing and just helping my skin turn over. Uh, as an exfoliant and as a, a skin rejuvenator, as an anti-aging lotion, I should say. So it may not be a cosmetic line, but I absolutely recommend it as a cosmetic product for fine lines and wrinkles, for deeper lines and wrinkles, uh, just for healthful, youthful glow. I, I actually, I mean, I stopped using canalgesic for pretty much everything else Because I love the way my face skin responds to it. I smoked for two damn long uh, cigarettes, that is. I want to say it was 16 years, 17 years. I think it was 17 years that I smoked. You know, I certainly started to see the repercussions of that in my my lips, the lines around my lips and my eyes and, and things like that. And I discovered the canalgesic lotion three years after I quit, I want to say, somewhere in that time. And even three years after I quit, and I normally use anti-aging lotions on my face, things like that. So even three years after I quit, adding the canalgesic lotion into my routine, I lost five years. I mean, I always had good skin, I'm not going to lie, and I've always been kind of vain about it, but that lotion specifically did the most to really reverse the damage that had been done by smoking so i'm a fan huge fan always will be a fan i need to go re-up my supply uh you can get it at well actually i don't think you can get it on the website you can probably find out where to get it at canalgesic.com and it's just like canna and analgesic Uh, Eli did together with 1A. I'll put it on the website, of course. It'll be on the blog. And you can find out uh, a little bit more. It doesn't have the greatest website. The packaging isn't super awesome. None of that shit matters. The product, the product is fantastic. Now, when it comes to his cannabis tincture, I don't use that as often, mostly because I have some of my own material that I use. But I have to say, his mix is non-drying to the skin, which mine is not as easily said. Cannabis, when you mix it with anything drying, I've mixed uh, cannabis concentrate with tea tree oil, just straight up tea tree oil. And when I use the tea tree oil, it doesn't have a very drying effect on my skin like it used to. But when I mix cannabis with an isopropyl alcohol, I still experience some drying. And the way that he has this topical cannabis tincture mixed with vitamins E and stuff, I don't even know. Uh, He has it to where it's a really, really good tincture for normal skin. I'm not sure about sensitive skin, so I can't say anything for that. If you have sensitive skin, tread lightly, but this would still be my first go-to for anybody in their skin type and this has been great too for really flaring the skin cells and helping the lotion or my coconut oil permeate a little bit deeper in and the the nice thing too is he has a rollerball style and a spray style i prefer the rollerball style myself i can kind of target it in there a little bit better i also know that at uh, mary's medicinals they have the transdermal gel pens I did have a friend who was using those. She said she built up tolerance pretty quickly. She's got some very high pain issues, though, so that could be leading to a lot of it. They might work for you, Uh, really target your areas there, and a consistent, regular dosage can, can help you discover what your needs are, whereas a lot of lotions... They really run the gamut, and I have to say that Canalgesic doesn't tell you what the cannabinoid content is of their material. I don't care. To me, the uh, the product works, and, and I'm happy with that. Topically, I'm not as interested in how many cannabinoids it uses, even though I should be, uh, and I'm mostly interested in my cannabinoid to money output and what they charge for some of this Oh my goodness, like in like 20 milligrams of CBD and you're paying $65. That's insane to me. Just buy a gram of CBD flour and make your own. And, you know, if it's 10% CBD in that flour, you've got 100 megs of CBD that you can work with. And you probably paid $50 less for it. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, a few... Don't have the $50 and you're not lazy like me. You're right. i probably end up paying the fucking $65 if I didn't know any better. Damn it. Oh, well. Candlegesic. Find them on the blog. Find them online. Hopefully, you can find them in your dispensary. Next time, we are going to be talking about Indica versus Sativa finally, I know, right? We're going to talk about how you can distinguish which ones, why you probably can't, and why almost everything is a hybrid anyway. So how to best navigate that realm when you find yourself in it. Thanks so much, you guys. Don't forget that you can call me 209-86-Spliff. I'm on Facebook. I'm on SoundCloud. I am on Twitter, holla at me, let me know what you think about segments. And if that's something you want to see, or if you don't care, or if you're like, I know the perfect music, or perfect soundbite, I'm interested in your feedback. Okay, guys, I hope that you have as wonderful a day as I have been having for the last 24 hours. They've been magical. And I hope that uh, you feel that. I'm sending it out to you right now. All right, see you next time. Ciao for now.